Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of, hey, we can't play what we want to play. We'll play something better. There are other games? What? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Some of them have guns. You SOB, I'm in. I gotta yeah. say, you know, is, are we talking about shoots and ladders where they don't have guns? <laughs> All right, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Uh, this week we are talking about a upcoming Kickstarter that's been having a bunch of uh, you know a, a bunch of demos at various conventions and things like that. And we thought that uh, that you guys who might be thinking about playing a game other than D and D, why would you want to do that? Well, <laughs> uh, some people have not been hiding underneath a rock. <laughs> and seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, and we are not going to talk about the uh, the kerfuffle with uh, OGL, other than the fact to say, hey, a lot of people are saying, you know, maybe we should give some of these other games a try because you know it just kind of looks like weirdness, you know, is is you know is is going on, and you know, you know, maybe you don't have to uh, you know uh, kiss the ring of the eight hundred pound gorilla. So, anyways, so uh, there's a lot of games out there under various genres, and what we're talking about tonight is kind of the genre of the um, urban uh, urban magic or um, urban fantasy, uh, urban fantasy, yeah, urban right? Fantasy urban fantasy games with a and healthy course, dose of the most famous. Yes, the most famous of that is Jonathan. Oh, the most famous of that urban fantasy. Well, I mean, you've got your shadow runs. Although we tend to talk a lot about Bureau 13. Uh, um, well, I guess urban fantasy with cyberpunk, you could include, as I mentioned before we started, Rifts, Amethyst yeah. by DSS Machina, which I'm using in my Sunday game now. It's a wonderful setting. So yeah, right. those would be considered urban fantasy with a dash of cyberpunk. Right. And uh, uh, and then there's uh, that, that guy who's the mage who works with the police. Oh, oh, yes. Mr. Dresden, yes. Dresden Files. That's right. Using the uh, Cortez system, the last I heard. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, there's always Buffy the Vampire Slayer RPG and a whole lot of others that are out there. Okay, so, uh, and we're but we're talking about one that's basically coming out recently, uh, as in in the future, because they're going to start their Kickstarter in a couple weeks, uh, probably by the time this drops, it should be just getting started. And uh, I, I don't know how much of it is done already. Um, but uh, if you go to their website, uh, you will find a... Uh, uh, and, and unfortunately, they called their game, you know, The Vault or Vault RPG. And there is, because of Fallout, there is a ton of vault references that have nothing to do with this game. So <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that I think that was a mistake on their part, calling their game vault. But uh hey, you know, it's it's fine. It is what it is. Uh but um anyways, uh there so we wanted you to say hey here's a, an option because the the reason we're bringing this up is because the uh, in an interview on YouTube that you guys can check, uh, it is uh, the, its lead designer said that a lot of the game is actually a response to the things they didn't like about Shadowrun and some of the other games. And they said, we want to make a game that doesn't require you having a hernia when you bring your dice to the table. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. You know, and and all the rules and all the stuff. You know, and, and and I'm not going to get into that because he talks about that. And uh, but the fact is, is that you know, Shadowrun they they did go and change 
some stuff not quite so dice heavy the dice pools of business so there's you know but this is their take and um as far as I can tell, it's a worthy take, and we'll be talking a, a little bit about the game mechanics of this game, so you can, you know, because we're basically saying we think you should check it out uh, because it's it's there. It's and, brand and, new. It's shiny, you know. And, and you right the, now there is a demo, like a demo adventure out. Right. Just that's free to download, to and download. will give you, you know, ninety percent of the the rules for how to play the game, and then the rest of it is all about the background and, and character generation and, and adventure generation and stuff like that. And that's what you're really paying for with the Kickstarter because you already got most of the rules right here. And, yeah. and let us just say that to get this PDF that we are about to talk about, it is teamrexgames.com. T-E-A-M-R-E-X games.com. This is where we got this from. It's free. They have a, a character sheet, both full-color and printer-friendly at the site. And there is much setting information about available races. There's really nice art gallery. I scrolled through that, and as my dear friend Planet would say, they didn't skimp on the art budget in this game. So, right. yes. Yeah, it's definitely a full-color book. So, we don't know how much this is costing. Uh, I just simply signed up and you know, say, let us know when the... The Kickstarter starts, so we can see, you know, what 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 it is. But anyways, uh, they're serious about doing it. I don't see a reason why they can't get it done. Uh, and uh, and I, but we don't know how long it's going to take to draw. Right. But hopefully before next Christmas, which seems like a long time to some people. But for but for everybody else who's actually done any publishing, it's like <laughs> crazy. Uh, You're talking got, crazy talk. Yeah. Anyone who's yeah. got kids, one Christmas to the next seems to be too short. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's only like 300 shopping days until next Christmas. I know. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. It's so, not enough. For a point of reference, folks, we are recording this in late January 2023. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, which means Christmas <laughs> is in our rearview mirrors right now, along with no. all the credit card bills. No, Anyways, no, it's, it's almost no, 30 that. days. You know, one month in the rearview mirror. Yep, so yep. So uh, let's let's call that 330. Yeah, okay. Shopping yep, days. Yep. Yeah. If you're one of those mm. people who actually goes out and shops the, the night before. <laughs> Feel a little called out here. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You and my son and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many how many Christmases we've had where my Christmas present was a printout and says, this is coming. Here you go. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, because it hadn't, hadn't arrived, you know. Mm. Uh. And of course, you know, it's... See, honey, it's on its way. Yeah. It's on its way. Yeah. I actually did order it. I spent money on you. Really, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why, why is there smoke rolling from you, dear? Yeah. Anyways. Yes. Well, if it's really nice, she's like, oh, well, you know, especially if I say, hey, we're going to go on this trip and, you know, it's going to be in like, you know, four months. Yeah. <laughs> Gives you time to go shopping. She's like, oh. Hey. Okay. There, yeah. There you go. All right. So... Mm. Uh, let's talk about the game. Um, and uh, uh, Trav, do you, are, do you feel capable of talking about the what? What is the supposed backstory to the game? Okay, it is the mix, as of, I should say, the setting. Yeah, it is the mix of dystopian cyberpunk with urban fantasy. You have elves and dwarves in this game. Uh, you also have a race known as Eos, which, from what I'm gathering, is sort of like, as 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 Lister said in Red Dwarf, man plus. Um, so you have humans, you have augments, for lack of a better term, dwarves, elves, and from what little I got to see on the site at TeamRexGames.com, Team the mouth works, people, you know, I'll, I'll know it does. Elves and other fae were around on Earth back in the day, and they had their weakness to cold iron. Well, after a while, man progressed in technology and started using other things other than iron to get things done, all the way up to carbon fibers. The fae left, things happened, the fae come back in spades. They 
because they realized, yeah, they're not using this cold iron anymore. We're safe. Right. They left because of the cold iron. Yeah. They were getting their butts handed to them. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so that's why they haven't been around for how many thousands of years, I don't remember. But there is, there was climate issues. I do remember reading certain cities just got flooded off the map, you know, kind of a... Oh, okay. Yeah, so there... Right, let me let me jump in there because you're, you're kind of jumping over some stuff. First of all, this is a post-apocalyptic game, all right? And the reason it's post-apocalyptic is because when the, um, the various uh, supernatural creatures tried to come back, um, they, they came back on portals on the South Pole and the North Pole, and the humans decided that the best thing to do would be to nuke those locations. <laughs> oh, nuking our polar caps. What's the worst yeah. that could happen? Yeah. Well, the worst uh. that could happen is what happened, which was in the South Pole, there were a whole lot of volcanoes that suddenly became active, which meant that all the ice melted on the poles, raising the water level across the planet by, you know, um, 10, 20 feet. Yeah. Which buried all the coastlines. Okay. It also, uh, it, it, you know, we, there were lots and lots of supernatural type monsters, but after they got nuked, they became mutant supernatural oh, monsters. Oh, yeah. So while, while the humans are trying to uh, uh, get their act together, um, you know, after this self inflicted Holocaust, uh, you know, there's, you know, you have all these invading now, you know, uh, hyped up supernatural monsters that are just basically chewing the, they said 2 billion people died uh, before the humans actually started getting their act together afterwards. Yeah, well, let's see, a bit of from the page here, the released water rained down for weeks and swelled the oceans by dozens of meters, drowning the coastlines of every continent, Beijing, Tokyo, Warsaw, Cairo, New York, and countless other metropolises were lost to the rising waters and the unleashed predators of the ebb court yeah yeah the ebb court by the way is a is a group of fey of, super, of supernatural creatures so okay so jonathan um <laughs> do, do you know do you know what uh uh the human's next great idea was uh, I haven't got the specifics, but from what I've gathered, it sounds like they went and tried to use artificial intelligence. Right. They basically created their own version of Colossus. Ah, okay. okay. And what? And, and, and if you know anything about that storyline, or just call it Skynet, yeah. it's the same storyline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, as soon as it, 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 it came online, what did it decide? You know what? I think all these organics would be better dead. Yeah, let's kill everybody. Yep. The AI so, began to threaten both the Fae and humankind, wreaking havoc right. in many cities and fiefdoms. Yeah. And so what and and but what good came out of that, Trav? Um to combat the new robotic threats was an hackable weapon which led to the birth of the engineered organic soldier, or the EOS, like I mentioned earlier. The AI wars lasted five years and a devastating death toll only stabilized thanks to the new warrior species. Also, it was sort of a semi-intelligent digital entity, which, okay, the well, best way to... Before you get to that, okay. they started working with the, with, uh, with the Fae, because they were both being uh, killed by, the, by, by this AI. The enemy so of they, my enemy is my friend, yes. Exactly. Suddenly, they, before then, they, they, it was like, I don't, I, you know, is us... One or the other, you know, we the Fae wanted the whole plan for themselves as it used to belong to them. The humans, at least in their eyes, and the humans didn't want these new, new, quote, interlopers, so they wanted all the Fae gone. Now, all of a sudden, they are, because they're literally dying, you know, the, the, the death toll is mounting astronomically each day, they have to work together. And that formed alliances and meeting of minds and things like that. And that's when, you know, and they, so, and you said they came up with those, those uh, enhanced soldiers, but then you said, what was the other thing? Another of the great inventions from that period was the Ouroboros. Basically it was a semi-intelligent digital, an, an AI hunter. But if it was semi-intelligent, to me it sounds like they didn't make it AI, they just made it good enough to deconstruct AIs if it finds that it would, you know, disrupt its code. Right. It it was a it was a electronic 
construct that was on the internet and wherever there was any kind of an internet or thing going on. And if it found something uh, uh, of above a certain complexity, it decided that that was an AI and must be destroyed. Yep. It would, and, and because, you know, these things like all these things evolve, right? So it has part of its code that if it thought it, it was getting too good at its job, it would deconstruct part of itself. So it can never actually become aware. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think I'm getting too smart. Here, let me put an eye out. Yeah, basically <laughs> it, it would self-lobotomize, yeah. Yes, it would, it would do it again and again and again because that was part of its construction. So, yeah. So the aura borealis, which for those who are not familiar, is that, is that snake eating the tail symbol. Oh, yeah. you see in so many, uh, you know... Uh, so-called, you know, urban fantasy type Oh, yeah. Well, I remember hearing of it and like seeing that. it in the SCP Foundation videos. Please refer to Jonathan's debut leading episode for that one. Yes. Right, right. But, I mean, it's, it was it's been so many things. Yeah. It, was, it was in Millennia, you know, or Millennium. You know. There was a version of it in the NeverEnding Story. Sure. There's I mean, two it's, snakes it's, eating each other's tails, but oh, okay, same, well, same idea, a yeah. never-ending loop, right? And it and it and it, it consumes itself, you know. So that that's the important thing is it's basically self-destructive. So, uh, so all right. So you you got that. So and 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 the and the AI is all uh, is always a threat. Okay, uh, it's just uh, because you know. Real AI has a good way; it learns to hide itself, you know. So they're always looking around. So it it, it does uh, raise some questions in my mind about you know how good are the you know how good is the internet if that's the case? Because I think that probably there's some things on right now. Well, I mean, come on, Facebook, all right? They're <laughs> you know they're uh, data mining. I would think that this thing would go. No, nah, that's just too. That's just a little too smart. Let's dumb you down a bit. It would go start attacking. You know the, the various social platforms. So I... that maybe all you could do is just upload things. You know, ran you know to your own accounts and share with whomever. But nobody got to really use the information as well as they might have wanted to. I don't know. I would be willing to bet that it could. It would probably leave. Like the internet, the state it is today. But yeah, if, if anything smarter than what we have today is probably what would be considered too smart. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's maybe they'll explain a little better in the book. You know, mm. when, the, when the manual actually comes out. Okay. So, all right. So, and that brings us up to the current day of the game. The the opening. You, you know, the 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 opening curtain comes up. You know, this this was all prologue. The guy comes. You know, the guy dressed in the Greek robes comes out and talks about all this stuff, and then they raise the curtain for what, you know, which is the the new cyber, you know, uh, let's say, the new urban fantasy cyberpunk-ish whatever, you know, um, landscape, you know, with the, you know, the, the blasted lands and the, the coastlines that are now, you know, different than they used to be, and a lot less people, Um the uh, human beings got all crammed into the major cities, uh, leaving the uh, most of the uh, wild areas, as they called it, meaning where people just don't live. You know, uh, humans don't live anymore because there was, you know, <laughs> you know it was they were having trouble feeding themselves. Okay, so uh, that's now the, kind of the domain of the fae, uh, and of course, roving gangs of you know. Uh, knuckleheads, uh, uh, skin, you know, skin eaters, and everything else you can imagine. Just take your gamma world, take your all, you know, all you know, your rift uh, people. Uh, you know the the groups better than I do, Trab. But I'm just saying, you know, it's, you know, uh, Judge Dredd. It's basically, in some ways, you could also take a page out of Judge Dredd in Mega Cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have the whole area called the Blasted Earth. It's not blasted in the sense of being radioactive like it is in that setting, but it's just full of a lot of people that they don't. They like not there not being any rules except what they inflict on each other, you know. And 
you know, except when they run into the Fae, and the Fae have their own rules, but the one rule that we always know for sure is they don't really like humans. Yeah, I'm seeing the similarities here with the aforementioned Amethyst, where after magic hit that Earth, you had the hu humans building up because there was this thing called an Ekin Disruption Field. Basically, magic shorted out technology. But if you got enough technology together, i.e. in these walled megalopoli that they called bastions, which, because there was no communication available, they all independently formed, you could... They, humanity just locked themselves behind these walls and, yeah, we're going to go out into the woods and look for stuff and then head right back so we can fix our stuff. Yeah, it kind of how humanity has just isolated themselves and they only go out if they're really risky or, you know, they're looking for something. But Right. Yeah. But clearly there's trade between cities. You know, those are patrolled. I don't know who they're, who's patrolling it, whether the humans are doing it or whether the Fae are doing it, you know, and, and you got to pay them a tariff to, you know, to for them to do that and to go through their lands. I'm sure there's, you know, again, probably in the book there's going to be a bit more information about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, so this is, this is, uh, uh, I, I don't know the exact number, but this is, you know, this is the, re they've gone through a bit of the rebuilding phase, you know, uh, after, after the, the apocalypse, essentially. So, you know, they're, and so you're in the, it's, it's still pretty wild and woolly, you know, uh, there's a lot of quick and the dead going on, you know, you, you know, you're, you take high risky jobs, they pay you. 2000 and i forget what the the currency is bits yeah b-i-t-z right uh, i've seen t-z and t-s yeah so yeah okay yeah. bits okay 2000 bits which basically is uh room and board for like two weeks i think it is yeah so you know it, it's it, it, it's pretty much our money so it, it, if you want to go and say you know how much does it cost you to live you know, about $4,000 a month if you don't get too, you know, too radical. That's about right. Yeah. You know, about what a lot of people who would be considered, in most cases, you know, a blue collar. Yeah. It's not the kind of money to raise a family on uh, if you, if you, you know, if you want to have that suburban, you know, dream. But it's, uh, it'll, it'll, you know, pay for your medical care. It'll, you know, and usually when you do jobs... I think they, they provide you with a lot of the equipment you need to do the jobs. Yeah, so uh, it's from what I'm seeing here on the, the page here for the site, corporations and wealthy patrons, they want that off-the-books kind of merch. Right. And I guess in the game there's an app that kind of like the looking for group posts and MMORPGs. It's like, yeah, I'm looking for somebody to rescue somebody from a rival corporation. We need you to go in right. and... Do an extraction job, I believe, is the cyberpunk term. But, yeah, right. it, it's how the players would get these jobs. Yeah, you looked on the app and you found this wealthy right. patron needs this. Yeah. And, see, I'm not sure that it's actually, you know, it, 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 I, think it's, I think it's actually going to be a real thing. I think that the way they're going to get the part of the, the selling job of this game is that they're going to be writing these adventures and presenting them on some kind of an app as missions. And so you as the GM and your players look over the missions and you choose one and then your GM can go and download the, the, the important information about how, you know, about oh, how to do the job. Okay. I thought which just I think is a tremendously good idea because that way, you know, you you can leverage the same mission, of course, to all the different players. It's essentially combining the game with all the the, the module production, right? Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And and I don't know whether it's going to be free with the book or whether there's going to be a yeah, yearly, monthly yeah. subscription. But I think it's a good idea. I hope that's what it means because you know one of the hardest things to get people to get people to accept a game is they have fledgling GMs try to write adventures for them. And, yeah. you know, looking at the demo download, there's a, a, there's a, it's not a tremendous amount of complexity to it, but I'm just saying, is it looking at the pieces that they give you? I'm like, you know, there was enough there. 
that I was like, you know, I, I think this could be daunting for a fledgling GM, a, an experienced GM who's used to doing, you know, pretty much any system, uh, I think would be able to handle it. You know, they might not want to, though. They might say, well, why do I, you know, <laughs> you know give me a set of, you know, appropriate, you know, six adventures appropriately for scaled to my level, my player's level of experience and gradiate it up from there. You know, I mean, that's usually what people go to game companies for. It's not just the base game. They want, they do want some, you know, advent, pre, pre-packaged adventures so that they can, can basically get comfortable with the system before they start striking out on their own adventures. Well, it's helpful to have, you know, things to compare it to and, you know, have a range to say, okay, this looks, this is a high-level adventure. So this, these are the types of challenges and skill ratings and stuff I need to be throwing at my players. Right. But also there's a bunch of pieces that are in in these adventures that are new. You know, they're not like, you may not have thought about doing it. It's like when we were looking at that that uh, that's, that little game that uh, um, where you you built an adventure to go in, it was I think was it control? It was like SCP. It was was it called Control or something like that? No, the Control was the video game, but I know ECB. It's, yeah. I think I don't remember ECB, what the idea. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So we we reviewed that, and so and I'm just saying is that they had all these you know clock faces with dials and things like that. Yeah, that were supposed to to make you know. Uh, control how fast things happened in the game, you know. And for someone who's never run into that before, that's kind of like what you know, you know, what, what you know. I, I'm unfamiliar with that, and, and maybe I don't like that because of that. So, we're, it, to ease people in, I think this, if it is what I think it is, I think this is a good move. And so, uh, uh, and again, this is one of the reasons why we are recommending you checking this out is because it looks like they're really committed to making the game easy to play um, and and the game itself is a response to the issues they had with some of these other games like Shadow Run and such you know that they said we, we you know, this was hard let's not make that let's make this that part easy now you know or whatever so um, okay so so you basically build a team the way it works is you build a team, and and your team can be fe- some fae. They can be some cyberpunk type characters. You can, you know, of course, in the demo, you got a you got a fairy hacker, okay. <laughs> which makes a lot of sense because how big of a gun is she going to carry, right? Uh-huh. Not terribly. Yeah. So if she's somebody who can hack into computer systems, then that's that's a good thing for a small tiny a tiny character to do you know you also got the big brute kind of characters there's a guy that apparently uh i i took one look at it and i said okay so we got pokemon in this game because he's this guy and he's got this thing that looks an awful lot like bulbasaur this is this (laughs) big turtle you know that he this is his his uh bond his bond animal the, you know, and, and and I'm sure also fights for him and stuff like that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The crack jaw named Shalon or Shalom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got so for people who want to have animal companions, you got that. So yeah. You can check that box off. Okay. Uh, the guys that are the the uh, the, the, the face characters. We talked about the A team. The face characters are there. The um. The, the the weapon specialists, the, the shooters, the the snipers, whatever they're there, you know. Um, you get to do all of your cyberpunk tropes because there's yes, all the archetypes. Get to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And you can be as cybered or not as cybered as you want, uh, depending upon how you build your characters. So if you want it to be more of a gumshoe type, we're mostly normal characters with some people with some supernatural abilities. You know that's that's fine, okay. If you want to go, you know, uh, a full mix like um, uh, in uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell, they had that one guy who is not in any way, cy- uh, you know, uh, uh, cyberized. Because if someone comes in and hacks everybody's vision or hearing or other things like that, he basically is like. I'm fine. My eyes are fine. My ears are fine. Yep. You know, I can't plug into a computer system. That's the only thing is his ability to communicate 
you know, to other people over a link. That's the only thing he has. So he can act when everybody else is standing there shaking or frozen because somebody's hacked them. Okay, so you might want somebody like that, you know, a, a, a pure strain human. All those are available in the game. You get to, be, you know, so they're going to give you lots of choices, uh, lots of supernatural races, you know. Uh, and let's say the demo characters: there was a dwarf, there was an elf, there was a fairy, uh, and then there was a human. Uh, well, there's the, the the one guy that that was basically had the animal companion. I think he was human. He was the human, and then they had the EOS, the Engineered Organic Soldier. That was the combat monster yeah what is it seven four three and four pounds and his gun's almost as big as him yeah right right yeah. so he's he's the uh you know not he's the street samurai what's what's yeah. the term in cyberpunk the uh, uh street samurai not the street samurai but the other one he's like a brick there's a name for it. oh yeah I, and i'm blanking too yeah. i can't think <laughs> anyways yeah that guy and if you watch the um uh the the, the edge runners you know what the main character turns himself into. That right. But see, that's the thing. At least it look, from looks on. At least in this, it looks like his skill is more in sniper rifles. Yeah. Well, that's good too. Just, you know, he's a big brick that that fights from range. Yeah. Well, you know, sniper I, I, and you're witch a big hunter. Brick, yeah. You know, shooting people with a sight. You know, you probably don't have a whole lot of situational, personal situational awareness. It's really easy for someone to come up and like bang you over the head with a big rock. So having body armor <laughs> can get you past that first. Oh, wait a second! I need to pay attention to what's going on around me. Oh, somebody hit me! Was that somebody hit me! I need to take care of this flea. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on a second. And now I'm reminded of Yellowbeard getting beat on the back with a stick, and he turns around. What? <laughs> As he's there having discussion, and what really gets me? What is it? <laughs> Your wife's here to see you. Yeah, I didn't remember that. This guy's flailing on him with a club. Yeah. We're talking the Monty Python movie? Yes, yes, Graham oh, Chapman. Okay. I, I thought so. Yeah, I yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, all right. No, that is a blast from the past. Oh, no, I, I, oh, Yellowbeard is on, I'll watch that. Yeah, sure, whole yeah. apartment shuts down. And, and speaking of which, since we're talking kind of tangentially here, um, uh, my wife and I watched not only the 2005 Doom movie with Carl Urban, The Rock, called The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson, yeah. and, um, and, and, and the woman, um, uh, uh, it, it was... It wasn't Rosario Dawson because that isn't that the woman that was on Star Trek. Anyways, th this is this is not a black woman, <laughs> it's, but anyway, she she was the the main thing. Uh, and um, and and Doug um, Doug Jones, who of course plays the uh, first officer, sometimes captain on Discovery. Oh, sorry, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He was the bad. He he was the, he was the lead scientist. Yeah, so that one, two thousand and five, and we also watched. Doom Armageddon, which came out in 2019, which arguably was a much better film. Oh, okay. But they both had B, they had the BFG. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, as they should have. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it was... There was, it's not Doom without the chainsaw and the BFG. Well, they they definitely had both of those in the second one, but in the first one, it was definitely a test. You know, uh, I, I, uh, most of the Marines died of testosterone poisoning. Uh, in the second one, they were actually a lot. Um, they were actually a lot more tentative. They were trying a lot harder to actually be like good soldiers <laughs> and pay attention and not be stupid. You know and. Uh, and uh, but both of them had lousy body armor. I was like, why do these these Marines have such bad body armor? <laughs> but anyways, it's a cuts again, in the, that's a, cuts that's a in the defense budget. Yeah, um, the, that adventure. Okay, that those movie the premises for those movies would work in this game. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Both of them would have worked. I mean, in, in the first one, uh, there was a ancient rate. Uh, you know. I'm, you haven't seen the 2005 spoilers. Uh, there was an ancient race that, that uh, lived on Mars, uh, and they they essentially develop, uh, bioengineered themselves to have a 24th chromosome instead of 23. Okay. And the thing about it was, uh, and and some people with the 24th turned it into 
homicidal monsters. Other people turned into like really good people. You know, both of them got enhanced healing, enhanced strength, enhanced you know agility and things like that. The problem was is that uh, the the bad people they they also developed a symbiote that would go around stabbing people in the neck and and transmitting it to them. You know, and so their numbers increased a lot because they were actively doing this, increased a lot faster than the people that were good and basically wiped out the good people. All that was left was the bad people, you know. And basically through doing these archaeological digs uh, and, and, and investigations, especially on the remains they found, uh, they, they basically uh, <laughs> decided to play a little bit of Frankenstein and... Uh, We've got, you know, monsters with the tw 24 chromosomes running around killing everybody on the, on the Mars base. So that's Doom 2005. Doom 2019 is a little bit, I thought, was a lot closer to the video game where they actually do have a portal to another place that has very bad things in it. Monsters come through. They throw fireballs at you. Oh, any of you who's played Doom knows what I'm talking about. Those guys. So anyways, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so in, in many ways, I really like that game. Uh, the second one a lot more, but but yeah, the the whole scenery chewing uh, between Carl Urban and all the other you know Jarhead Marines and uh, and of course the Rock. I mean, he was chewing girders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was one of his first movie roles. It really was, yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I remember seeing it the first time saying, they put The Rock in this? <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, he was still calling himself The Rock he at was, that time. That was the so. point. He's yeah. listed in the credits as The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Which yeah. he would now, is, of course, listed as everywhere. He's now totally a, you know, and he's a good actor. Oh, well, yeah. You know, for, I mean, you know, for what he does. Yeah. You know. So, and I highly recommend going to see. Um, oh darn it! Uh, the 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 monsters bring down the buildings. Rampage. I highly oh yeah Rampage. yeah yeah. That that movie was surprisingly good. <laughs> I was ready to hate that. I got some free tickets to it. I was ready to hate it. You know, but hey, I'm going to go see a free movie. And uh, and I was like, yeah, this is not bad at all. And they they actually. Uh, you know, they actually did their very best to uh, to pull this thing off. Yeah, and uh, so uh, you know, if, if you get a, if you haven't had a chance to see it, you know, make the effort because it, it's a fun movie. Yeah, definitely popcorn movie. Get together with a bunch of your friends. You know, it's 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 that kind of movie. Okay, but it's fun, it's, and it was well well acted, and and they they did a good job. All right, back to this game called yeah. Vault. All right, so um, so that that's the setting in which you're doing this. Okay, so you get a job and you know, and you basically work through it. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the system. Um, uh, Jonathan, do you think you could talk about the system at all? I can talk a little bit about it. Uh, right. What I'm saying, it is a two d six based uh, system. At, you know, whenever you're trying to accomplish a task, you're rolling 2d6, mm -hmm. you're adding your relevant skill level. Yes. And then you're just trying to beat a target, uh, you know, difficulty number. Well, it's, it's either, uh, the tar well, the target number is either going to be static, okay, right. based, you know, based upon, you know, standard stuff like, you know, uh, the defense of your opponent, okay, uh, right. or trying to, like, get through, you know, shoot a small object or trying to hack a computer system firewall. Okay. Or it's going to be an opposed check to like somebody else's also skill roll that they're rolling. So, right. you know, so yeah, it does that. But yeah, 2d, 2d six is the normal role, except when you're using something called fate, which we'll talk about in a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, you, so basically you make the role and if you're successful, uh, which is to go equal to or greater than the the target number, uh, then you then basically you're either successful or you know uh, or you get to roll damage, right? 
Yeah, because if, if you're talking about attacks, then yeah, you you roll to hit, and then uh, if you hit, you also roll for damage, and there are two defense stats. There's defense, which is right. how hard you are to hit, and then there's armor value, which is how how much damage can you soak before you actually take damage. Right, right. Now, one thing I like about this this particular game system, and this is where I'm saying they're, de- they're deviating from, uh, from things like Shadowrun and such, is that I really don't like games where your skills are less important than the dice you're rolling. Okay, now Savage World kind of plays with that because the better your skills are, the bigger your dice. But yeah. I'm just saying, in most in cases like D and D and other games like that, there's usually a big honk and die, like a D20 or a D100, and then you get to add some bonuses to it. But usually those bonuses are like at, at best 30% of the actual roll, right? So that gives you a huge amount of variability in each situation. Yeah, I think I mean I haven't done the the specific looking into it, but like if you're talking about like say fifth edition D and D, I think you could see skill levels up to ten or maybe even fifteen, but we're talking like super high level play at that point. Yeah, most of the time you're talking about like, like a plus or six or a plus or eight or, yeah. or something like that. Because I, I know my my wife who's playing a, a a monk, she has like a plus eight, you know, uh, to her attacks. So, but that's still not even fifty percent of the d twenty roll. So, this game, you basically you're always going to roll two d six uh, uh, unless unless you, you you have a reason to roll an extra die. Okay. And then, um, and then you add your bonuses to it, which could be considerable. You know, you start adding in cover, you start adding in, I don't know, other factors. There might be lighting, there might be, you know, uh, things that you've already done in the adventure so far that gives you bonuses. Okay, um, and we'll talk about that when we start talking about um, doing the, uh, um, oh, um, uh, the 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 incur not is it. It's not incursion. What's the term again? Oh, wait a minute. Infiltration. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Infiltration. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so, but my point is, is that the dice roll is less important than, than the bonuses. Not like it disappears. Okay, but it's just, oh. there's a lot, it's more, it's more based upon what you built your character to be able to do rather than being, being super lucky with dice. It's basic because you're using that 2d6. You basically got that bell curve where you can assume, well, you sh- maybe shouldn't assume, but it, it's safe to assume that most of your rolls you're going to get a seven because that's what it's going to average out to be. Well, that is the average, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you're trying to determine how skilled you are and, and your chances of success, you can say, well, how likely is it am I going to roll, you know, a six, seven, or eight or higher, you know, and pretty pretty good chances well it's um, going to be 50 50 isn't it a little bit more if you were looking for six or higher yep. but yeah it, it gives you a little bit more ability to plot out exactly you know if you know what your skill target is it gives you a little bit more ability to to kind of plot out and say okay well i've got a a, a eight in this skill level and i'm pretty sure i need a you know a 12 so i have a fairly confident i'm going to hit that because most of the numbers are going to roll four or higher. You don't have to worry so much about well, what it, you know, my odds of rolling a one are just as likely of, as rolling a twenty. Right. Well, yes. So you know, it's it's a smaller curve, and you say as I say, your your other factors are going to be more important, especially as you go up levels. So, and, and I and I like that fact to it. Okay, they they. And they do some other things that also make a make a big difference, which is that anytime your dice match, okay, so like two twos, two threes, two fours, two fives, two sixes, that's a crit. Yep. If you succeed, if you succeed, it's a crit. Okay. And if you roll two sixes, it's automatically a success at a crit. Yep. So there, the dice are 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 in. Unlike so many games, are actually your friends. <laughs> so, I like that. I like that they did that. You know, and the fact that you know you you roll two twos and you're like, oh, I really hope this succeeded. 
because <laughs> yeah. normally rolling two twos gets you nothing in yeah. in, 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 a, in a game. You know, uh, I mean, you, uh, now you know if you roll two twos on damage, you probably wouldn't get past someone's defense. But anyways, it's uh, uh, but if you do that, you know, it's so I like the, the I like their dice mechanic. And as I said, they they did that specifically to uh, as a response to you know the massive dice pools of Shadowrun and you know, some of the other kind of games out there. They had a lot of variance uh, in their dice rolls. So yeah, like as you as you level up in a skill, you just add more dice to how many you roll, and yeah, that just adds more variance. And yeah, it actually pushes it actually pushes it more into the center. Because of that, it's really yeah, hard it, to get outside that center once you get enough dice. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like it's you're adding, you're you're widening the bell curve because you're adding more potential numbers it can roll. But granted, yeah, the the average is not going up as much as your higher roll is, but your minimum roll isn't going up as fast either. Right. Okay. All right. So. Uh, now, okay, so uh, let's talk about fate. Okay, those of us who played um, Savage Worlds, you know, we're used to bennies, and bennies basically let you do two things: one, it lets you re-roll uh, a roll, or it lets uh, it lets you um, uh, soak damage. Yeah, basically the two things that you get, you know, with bennies. All right, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, and it, it lets you also take away the, the some of the uh, the shaking conditions. So, uh, do you, uh, Trav, do you have that list of what fate does for you? Well, as one thing here, it can be spent to reduce the damage received after armor value is applied by half. Each character may use only one damage reaction per hit sustained. So that's helpful. That's also kind of like the, well, okay. It's like a soak. Yeah, or in... Um, Pathfinder, they have the hero points where if you spend two at once and you know, okay, you know that this attack is going to kill you, you can spend two of the hero points and it'll say, oh no, you're at death's door, it doesn't kill you outright, and you're stable. But, yeah. So, yeah, it, it does help with damage absorption. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else? Oh, uh, let's see here. Jonathan, right. do, you know, do, you, yeah. do you have a... Yeah, I've you got, got, you, got uh, you can... You can surge a skill roll, which basically means you can add another d6 to your roll. That's where you get three dice. So instead of having two dice, you have three dice. So your chances of getting that higher number are better, but what's the downside? You're still only using two dice, but I mean... You, no, you're using you, three. Yeah, but you, you use the two highest. Oh, really? I thought it, I thought it I just... I think add. that's what I saw. Let me look it back up, though. Let me, it might okay. be... I think they, they really just add another die. You just get a more whatever that bonus is. Okay, but uh, the downside is that um, you know before if you brought, if you had two dice and they mashed, you got like a crit. Now you have to have all three dice mashed to get a crit. Ah, uh, oh. So it, it it makes you more successful, but less explosively successful. Okay. Uh, let's see, I also found something else here. Uh, there's a condition called Frozen, where you're frozen in place. A frozen character vehicle has Defense 7 and can't take actions or use dodges. This condition can be rallied for characters by spending a fate point, and vehicles may be rallied from Frozen by their pilots spending a fate. Right. You can, you can basically remove a condition, uh, yeah. a single condition, such as Frozen, Knock, Prone, Blinded, any of those kinds of things, and especially important... Oh. When you got like mages who are casting spells and things like that, that can create those kind of conditions. All right, I went back and double checked. Uh, you, are, you are correct in that you just add all all of them together. But as right. far as determining crit, you only use the two highest. Oh, so if, okay. If you're so rolling three, as long as the two highest match, it's a crit. Oh, okay. Well, that's better then. All mm -hmm. right. All right. Okay. You also can reroll any failed attack, willpower, or skill roll. Okay, with a fate point. Okay, now it doesn't say that you can re-roll a successful one, and the reason you might want to do that is if you're trying for that crit result. So, because I know people, I've seen people in like Savage World games spend bennies on trying to improve their rolls, because like they wanted to get eight, you know, instead of 
four, they wanted to get an eight so they could get a raise. You see what I'm saying? Mm, but yeah. but they this doesn't have that. So it, the re-roll only applies to failed rolls. Okay. And then the last thing it says you can do is trailblazer or evasive. Trav, you know what that means? Oh, no, okay. Uh, trailblazer, you can move your normal distance in rough terrain or when moving through allies, or evasive, your movement does not cause cheap shot attacks. Yeah, cheap shot attacks are, which I think is funny, uh, is where you try to like break off combat or go through somebody else's uh uh, a, uh, an opponent's uh, controlled space, and they just basically get to whoop on you. Get a, they get a free attack. It, you know, it's, kind of a, okay, it, kind of like an attack opportunity in Pathfinder. It is, yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, like yeah. A, yeah. So, yeah. what fate points gives you should be pretty familiar to most people having played most, you know, most games. If yeah, you play born, a, you know, a couple of so they're they're not, you know, so fate points are basically just. Allowing you the stuff, and under certain circumstances, um, uh, when you do certain successful things, you can get fate points back if you've already spent some. So, you know, so fate points are really great to have. And you start off the the the, the adventure with three. I don't know if if uh, and as far as I know, an adventure is supposed to be done in a single session. I don't know if you if you if you started the next session. Will you get any back? I think you probably wouldn't. I think it's just like until you finish the mission, three points is all you get unless you have some reason to gain more. But I know that there's going to be some people out there that can be like, how can I get more fate points? So, <laughs> because you, as you can see, they're pretty cool to have, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to be useful. All right. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.